at the weekend. Uh, we're gonna roll right into things here this week. So welcome, party people, to the Whatnots Captain's Log number 162. My name is mm. Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's your week been? It, it, it's good. I'm still here, till, still chugging along. I work a lot. And, and but but sometimes I find that little glimmer of time where I get to go to the mall and recharge my mall energy. There you go. Good mall energy. Good stuff indeed. This week we also have a special guest joining us, someone who I am super excited to have on the show. Uh I I I think this is go, go going to be a blast. Uh you've written uh numerous comics, you have your own podcast focused entirely on heist movies and and and, <laughs> st and stuff like that. There's lots of fun stuff that we can dive into today so welcome stephanie cook thank you for being Hi. here thank you for having me i'm so so excited and uh yeah i want to talk about stuff all sorts <laughs> of stuff stuff indeed stuff and things uh this is really exciting for me personally because i i found you stephanie through talking comics uh the podcast that you used to host on they're still going i just listened to their newest one yesterday uh if if you guys like good comic books and comic book news and all that stuff go go check them out but that's how i found you and i've been following you on twitter since then and i've seen you uh go to rogues portal and creator resources and then write your own <laughs> comics and do all sorts of stuff and it's 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 been uh, neat to see how how far you you've come uh but this is kind of full circle because talking comics was also the very first podcast that i got into and like listened to regularly uh so uh this is this is a huge honor to, to have you on the show so thank you thank you so much for being here thank you gosh like that's like old school memories and i've been just <laughs> thinking about them today actually and was looking up and saying hey to bobby bobby and i were discussing the mario news and yes. yeah. <laughs> um i think i sent him a text that was like who asked for this? But, um, <laughs> you know, it's good times. And, oh, like, that's, I always really remember fondly, like, the early days in kind of comic book life for me was podcasting and having that family. Yeah. So we'll always make time to do podcasts and talk to people. And plus, I just really like to talk. So good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, well, so I, I, speaking of first podcast, the question that I wanted to start things out with tonight is, uh, what what was your first podcast experience? Did, did you have one that you listened to regularly? Or are you a regular podcast listener? Because I, I know some people make them, but they also don't necessarily listen to them all that, all that much. What, what was your first podcast experiences like? Yeah, so I am one of those horrible people that just like, doesn't really listen to podcasts all that much. But in my defense, for a really long time, mm -hmm. I didn't have a commute, which is where I would listen to podcasts sure. typically. Yeah. Um, so I'm into podcasts, but then I also have ADHD. So like, for the same reason that I can't really listen to audiobooks, sometimes I 
have trouble listening to podcasts because like 30 minutes will go by and I'm like, wait, what were they talking about? What? Right. What happened? <laughs> um, but I do listen to podcasts on occasion. I really like this is probably more in the last several years. Like I was listening to like my dad wrote a porno and, <laughs> you know, um, there's another great one about movies, like old timey movies, which I'm struggling to remember the name of right now. You might remember or something. Oh, you must remember this. Yes. Yes. Um, again, I listen to them so sporadically. So <laughs> forgive me. I know it's actually like a huge podcast, too. And it's probably like a crime. <laughs> so I straight up just like don't know all of these huge ones. But I listen kind of on occasion. So I think that one was a big one that I listened to. And then also one of the first ones that I really started to get into was the Mortified podcast. Um, there was also a one. Netflix. Mm, oh, my gosh. Okay. There was also this Netflix series that they did. And basically, it's people reliving their angsty teenage <laughs> drama. So they have like a theme. So for instance, they'll do, oh, Lord of the Rings is this theme. And people will go okay. through their old journals or old like live journals. And they'll yes. get up on a stage in front of a live studio audience and read excerpts from their journals and provide context. So they tell stories revolving around how they like stalked Orlando Bloom or like, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then how their mom was like the worst mom ever because she was like, you're not going to marry Orlando Bloom. And I was like, suck it, mom. Like, it's just <laughs> this really relatable teenage angst. So there's a That's podcast great. and it's, oh my God, it's so good. But then they, again, also did a Netflix series where it's the same thing, but they are showing you obviously like what you're listening to. So there's still that theme and connecting, they connect all of the kind of stories so that there's, you know, they feel connected there you go yeah it's it's really really funny and it's one of those ones that like you laugh out loud with and then people look at you funny when you're on the subway right <laughs> yeah there you go melissa I, I don't know if i've asked you that question in the past we i mean we've we've talked about tons of podcasts yeah. on our own show uh but what what, what was your first one that, that you got into my first podcast uh, was the Pod F. Tompcast, hosted by my favorite comedian, Paul F. Tompkins. There you go. Interesting. And I think I started listening to it in like 2013. My brother recommended it to me because he was at like a very mundane desk job at the time that then I inherited when he left for a better job. <laughs> so I needed like all his same podcast recommendations to fill my time. And yeah, he told me about that one. I'm like, I remember Paul F. Tompkins from like, I love the 80s and, and best week ever. That guy was funny. Let me see what kind of podcast he has. And it was this like abstract talk show where like he'd you know, like he'd have another comedian on. You know, he'd talk with him, like not really an interview because it was often like somebody who's one of his friends. So it was just sort of like a chat. And then mm -hmm. he was doing like a live variety show on stage. And then he played you like a recorded sketch from that show. And he had like uh, a little audio drama where he did like celebrity impersonations where it's like, yeah, a John Lithgow 
and the artist from uh, the exit through the gift shop. They're like in a, an adventure together or something. Yeah. <laughs> I barely remember what it was anymore. I think it was all done by the time I found it in 2013. Okay. But I, I loved it. And it was also like set in like a weird digital uh, night space. Like every episode would begin with this woman's voice saying it's nighttime on the internet. <laughs> Welcome to the pod F Tomcast. Like he's hosting this talk show from just like uh, the eternal dusk in the middle of the internet. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Talking co comics was my first podcast that I had like gotten into and listened to regularly. Um, for, for me at the time, I had moved out to Texas because uh, I dropped out of college. Well, I guess I didn't really drop out entirely. I was taking time off uh, and moved out with my parents who were out in Texas at the time. And I got a job that allowed me to uh, like I couldn't really like goof off on the computer and like look up all the comic book news that I was hoping to look up. But they were like, you can put headphones on and do that stuff. So I was like, hey, I, I, I think I like Kevin Smith did these things called podcasts or something. I should really <laughs> check those out. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I would just like what comic book podcasts are are out there. And then I, I saw some recommendation for talking comics. And Stephanie, you were on that one. And I was like, I like this one. This is great that they, they, they have a great <laughs> cast and they they know their stuff and there you go. It was, it was, it was a good, fun oh time. And then, like, they're the years, best. Years Bob later. Still, yeah. Bob still, like, sends me emails and letters constantly. And, like, Bob is amazing. I just, <laughs> I love, they're my family. You know, like, I talk to Bobby all the time now. Again, like, my birthday was, like, last week. And Bob, like, promptly, before birthday, I woke up. By the way. Thank you. Yeah. But I can always rely on Bob to, like, send me, you know, like, either a physical card or, you know, he's on the ball with like an email and every single email, just you can hear his voice and it feels like this letter written out with love. Like it's such a special person that can write in a way that makes you feel like they like handcrafted every single thing, you know, like, yeah, oh, love Bob. Absolutely. Bob is an amazing human <laughs> being. He's great. Um, but speaking of podcasts, let's talk about Capercast. This is your 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 new podcast that you've started this year. I think since like early summer, uh, you, yeah. you guys have been putting out two episodes a month, all about heist films and capers and and such. Yes. How did this podcast come to be? Where did you guys get the idea for for, for this one? <laughs> this is like a longer story that I can't get into too much yet. But uh, sure, sure. That's I'll, I'll say that Whitney, who is my co-host, Whitney Gardner, uh, we've been friends for a couple of years now. And we're just kind of like looking for something fun to do together. And we're both really impulsive. And I thought of this heist thing. And I remember like texting Whitney. I was like, oh. This, let's do a podcast. We can review like heist films and blah, 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 blah. And she was like immediately on board. I was like, yes. And we started like doing research, looking for like the best heist films. And then like, you know, some 
unknown gems and all of these other things. Okay. And the idea came together pretty quickly. Uh, and we were just kind of like going back and forth to trying to build a format for it, which we're still playing with a little bit. It's pretty early days. Uh, okay. And we launched it in June. So we do Ooh. do two episodes a month. And basically, we are exploring. We're adding the capers into there because I think a lot of the films we watch accidentally turn out to be more capers than anything. Like our first movie was Snatch. And it is like arguably not really a heist movie at all. Like it's like a series of failed heists. Like it's like what <laughs> happened if the worst criminals decided they wanted to do a heist and were just really bad at everything. <laughs> and we were like, maybe this isn't the best movie to have started with. Um, so i don't know we've just kind of quickly left it and we're just having fun exploring films that are kind of i guess under the umbrella of capers so we've been doing like a lot of like trivia and stuff and how then would would you kind of differentiate a heist from a caper then? Wait, have have you guys started to make that distinction on the show? <laughs> We've had to. Um, <laughs> because again, snatch is failed heist. It's technically the heist elements in a way are there, but they just don't ever come together. And then we added movies that we just really liked, like Chicken Run on there. And there's no heist whatsoever that's, in Chicken that's Run. That's a good one. <laughs> right? I, but like, I was in a couple episodes. Oh, oh sorry. I, I want to say, I'm so, I'm so happy you got to the great Muppet caper and this early. I'm so happy you're like, Muppets, got to make them a priority. We have to discuss them stealing the baseball diamond. Yes. Like, Whitney, Whitney's birthday is in August. Mine is in September. So like we were discussing the upcoming movies and she was like, Steph, I got to request this for my birthday. Like we got to do Muppets. And I was like, yes. Choice. Right. Um, the episode that just came out this week was my birthday choice, which was Fast Five. Um, there you go. There so you go. <laughs> a pretty strange, I guess, difference in taste there but we both like are just we have very similar kind of sensibilities and we like the same kind of jokes and it's just been really fun to explore these movies so again like chicken run is like not again really a heist unless you count them as the heist like they're heisting themselves yeah in which case that's just called an escape movie but yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can have multiple subcategories you can have heist caper and escape Yes, we, I think they all kind of, again, go under the umbrella. And we did initially really try to kind of justify them. And now we're just like, screw it. They're all capers. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. We're just going to talk about the movies. So mm-hmm. it's been really fun. And yeah, Muppets. I will never not laugh at that scene where they get fired from the newspaper job. Yes. And he's like, I only gave you this job because of your dad. <laughs> And he holds up a picture of Fozzie Bear, but green and with the Muppet collar. And I'm just, oh, <laughs> like weird Saturn eyes that Kermit has. So Truly unsettling. Good. And the more I watch this and like I rewatched Sabrina the Teenage Witch and again, the Muppets and all this stuff. And like, I'm starting to just like deeply realize what influenced who I am as like a human yeah. being. I'm like, oh, 
I like puns because of all this stuff. Like, yeah. media <laughs> did this to me. So, yeah, it's been a blast. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Do, <laughs> do you guys have, like, uh, some in mind that you guys have not gotten to yet that you're really excited about? Like, oh, one day we have to do x y and z i don't have one that i can just be like that one (laughs) (laughs) yes we have like a massive list like i think there's still like 90 something titles on there so we have like a few years of content and new movies keep coming out all the time Mm -hmm. and um, heists kind of seem to be uh, a hip thing right now so we actually just recorded our october episodes for like spooky season Mm -hmm. and um we did like army of the dead which Ooh. is like the Zack Snyder zombie heist movie. And then today, Netflix announced they released a trailer for the spinoffs. They're doing like a bunch of oh, these wow. films. Wow. So every single time I think we make a dent in our list, like five more heist movies <laughs> get announced. And so it just keeps getting longer. But we want to do, speaking of Bob and talking comics, Bob is already lined up as one of our first guests at some point. We haven't set a date mm. yet, but he's going to come do like charade. And that'd be awesome. There's like a lot of like old movies we want to explore that we haven't watched. And then again, there's like all of these new ones that keep kind of popping up too. Sure, and yeah. there's a lot that we haven't seen. So I'm really excited to do the one with Bob because it's Bob. And I know with like Audrey Hepburn in the mix. He's just going to have a lot of like feelings and I feel like he might cry and it's going to be great. <laughs> It'll be a blast yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> have, have, have you guys thought at all about doing it? Cause there's like, I guess, for example, the Italian job or something that has like the original one. And then there's the mm. like new, newer in air yeah. quotes there uh, that like, like a compare and contrast kind of thing to see what the differences are and stuff like that yeah we have one of them lined up like we are just kind of figuring it out now because obviously there's a ton of oceans movies right. uh, mm. including like the original but the um the anniversary of the remake is coming up in december oh. so we were gonna make it like oceans month uh we're just kind of trying to figure out the logistics of it because like whitney and i collectively individually have no chill and like collectively just have like <laughs> no 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 chill so we're like what if we do like eight episodes in this month and we're like it's the holidays will people really be listening to these episodes that we sporadically yes. and spontaneously release all at once so we're like i have to do something both, to escape like, the, yeah, the family stuff yeah, oh my god yes but like at the same time one of us always kind of like reins us in and is like, but should we? We could, <laughs> but should we? So we probably, we probably will. Who knows? But that is like one of the ones coming up where we are very interested in checking out the original versus like the remake and then exploring those movies cool. all as part of a series. So I'm so excited. There you nice. Go. You mentioned the Mario news before, and uh, oh, no. oddly odd, enough, I'm I'm kind of relating Mario to heists, right, right here, right now. So, it, 
the, the whole kind of story behind Mario and stuff like that is pretty simple, right? He's a plumber. He's in love with Peach. Peach often gets stolen by Bowser, and then Mario has to go save her. Does that mean that Mario is a heist film in a weird way? Or, or, or is the heist film when Bowser steals, steals her? Hmm. I mean, I guess you could probably just put it under a caper. That's what we've right. been doing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, like, I mean, he's stealing her, but then they have to steal her back. So it's a like a double heist. Double heist. Yeah. Yeah. In any damsel movie might be a heist. I think the Princess Bride could be considered a heist if we're using that as our logic. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to, like, wind up with so many movies. Like, the, the caper cast <laughs> is going to turn into, like, completely devolve. And people are like, how is this a heist movie? I'll be like, listen, we are the experts here. We Any- will tell you what is or isn't a heist, okay? Right. Okay. Anytime one object is removed from its setting, that's a heist. It's a heist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and you, if not, you could, you, you could g- go for all of the like rom coms and romance movies where someone steals someone's p- partner and be like, it's a heist. It's a caper. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney actually uncovered recently that there is actually like a Hallmark heist movie. And we're, like, trying to, like, find it and figure out if it's, like, one we could watch for this. Like, we really are having a lot of fun doing this. Like, I just love hanging out with Whitney and Mm -hmm. then pair it with getting to talk about something that's really fun and silly. You know, like, I I feel bad because, like, people get really excited when we watch serious heist movies like Inside Man. But, like, Whitney and I are, like, goofballs and we're like, eh, it was boring. Let's bring it bring yeah. on the Muppets. <laughs> and I feel like people are just gonna, like, oh, be mad at us. But you never know. We like you what we know. like. <laughs> it's good fun. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, a, c- a couple, like, a, a, about a month ago, I feel like, you were uh, trying to entertain a theoretical heist here yes. at the Whatnots, and you had us all pick jobs of, like, what our, yeah. our job would be in the heist there. What, what, what one did, did, did you end up with? I'm, uh, I'm the cover story. So, like, if if we've got our, our heist man, if we've got our George Clooney walking into a casino, he's in disguise and he's like, I'm the maintenance man. I was called in to check on the pipes next to your vault. You can call the head office. They'll tell you they sent me here. And then the receptionist dials the phone and I'm that voice on the other end of the phone like, oh, George. <laughs> yeah, we I heard you guys have it real rough down there. I sent George. George is one of the best. Give him as much access as he needs. Oh. And then the receptionist is like, okay, all right, I guess you're supposed to be here. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I, I, I think mine was hacker. Like, I wanted to be the hacker guy or, or the, 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 no, I, I think we ended up on, I was the distraction. Yes, because we played this game while you were on vacation. So I was talking to some of our other co-hosts about like, Kyle's not here, but let's decide what he would be. And we decided yeah. you would be the distraction. Like if we were doing a, a bank heist, we'd send you into the lobby to just essentially be our rodeo clown and, and keep all the civilians. <laughs> Wahoo, look at me! Look at me! <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Stephanie, 
if you had to be part of a theoretical heist, what do you think your job would be? And what, what, what do you think Whitney's j- 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 job? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, making me choose for Whitney, too. <laughs> um, hmm. I feel like, again, I'm just like thinking about everything in terms of Fast and the Furious. I have managed to bring <laughs> up the Fast and the Furious in like, on every single podcast and show I've been on for like the last like two, three months. Like it's awful. It, it, <laughs> it's just it's worth talking about. It's, it's a good series. my life. I know. I was on like a comic book education podcast and I was like, let's talk about the Fast and the Furious. Like I <laughs> can bring it up and everything. But I think like I'm thinking about like some of the characters from that. They have a really good like trope sure. character list. And I feel like I'm like the like mouth like i just like talk so much yeah um so i feel like that's kind of like a distraction person too yeah. but i don't know like okay. I, I feel like it could maybe anxiously talk my way out of stuff maybe mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and then what would whitney be she's like she's a good planner like she's like Ooh. like good like with like strategic stuff and like planning things out so i wonder if like she would be kind of like a brains type character the you know like yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that could be fun that could be fun right yeah she's like really good at like figuring little bits and bobbles out so i don't know I'll think of it more. If I think of a better one, I'll just like randomly shout it like 20 minutes later. But <laughs> of of the characters in the Mushroom Kingdom, who do you think would be the explosives expert? Oh, <laughs> um, oh. I don't I don't I don't. Who do we have? Who lives there? I've played Mario Party a couple times, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. Kind of about all you need, though. You, yeah. you got Toad. Dry Bones? He's a guy. The dry Bones could be one, yeah. Yeah. The, See, the bone is like dynamite. I want it to be somebody like Toad, like, or Toadette. Like, just somebody, like, you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Like, just kind of completely random. They just have like a real love for like blowing things up and they're just like really <laughs> sweet and innocent. They're just like, want to make things go boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that approach. I, I think the more literal approach would maybe be like Bob-omb. It like since he actually yes. is a bomb, it, he would be the explosives expert. But that that might be would too he be on the, the nose. Expert or would he just be he, he, the, he'd like... be the bomb? <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, kid. I hope he's an expert in himself. <laughs> Toss him in there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's nobody good. knows me better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Melissa, did 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 you get to hear about all of this Mario I... news? All of the stuff that's been happening. Yeah, friend of the show Sam told me about this last night. Uh, and again, I know very little about Mario, but like I, I know these characters. I know I knew every character yeah. she named off. I have at least that much familiarity. And everybody in the cast sounds perfectly competent. I, they're all fine sure. performers who I've enjoyed in other roles, but nobody seemed like they hit it out of the park. 
I'm like, yeah, I, I, I bet Chris Pratt would do a solid job as Mario. I really liked his voice work and onward. But I can't imagine he was in like the top five of guys who you would think of to be a Mario. Right. Be like, oh, <laughs> we, we, we have to get 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 him. He's the number one Mario. When I think of Mario, yeah. I think of Chris Pratt. That's the guy. I don't know. <laughs> I do like oh. Charlie Day as Luigi, though. The idea of just having a frantic Luigi excites me. I want him to yes. behave just like he did in, in Pacific Rim. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I, I feel like <laughs> Jack Black as Bowser is probably their best. Well, well that or mm. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. I think that Always one is solid. pretty inspired. And I, I think yeah. that'll be, be, be good. But yeah, this, this cast is just strange for this Mario yes. animated movie. I yes. really don't know what to expect. Like I, I Bobby it, called the Jack Black casting God tier. <laughs> That's what he texted me this morning. I was like, is it though? And he was like, it's God tier, <laughs> Stephanie. Uh so I mean he's he's definitely gonna have a blast in that role. You know he's 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 just gonna, yes. gonna eat up the scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh right. Eat up the vocal. <laughs> Eat up I guess he's not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gobble those soft, like vibration absorbing walls. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll have to see. That movie's not not out till next year, uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I want to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will uh, start talking about some of the comics that Stephanie has created. We will be right back. And we are back. A big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you to Sam for supporting us for so long. We appreciate you. We love you a lot. Thank you for keeping the mics on. It helps us out a ton. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Melissa, do do you want to fill people in on some some of the things that we've been up to uh, here at the Whatnots? Yeah. Over on the review show, uh, we just wrapped up Shame Timber, which is the time every year where Kyle and I list movies we should have seen by this point in our lives, but we have not. So, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle, last week we watched You're a Big Time Travel Nerd. You had not seen Looper somehow. We enjoyed our so time good. with Looper. It was so good. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. Good. And then uh, at the end of this month, we're starting our new monthly ongoing series, watching one show all the way to its conclusion. And we're going to be talking about season one of the HBO drama, The Leftovers. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and then on the Whatnots Reactor Core, uh, Ignacio yeah. and I-, I-, I just did our reactions to the first three Star Wars visions, uh, those animated shorts that they have up on disney plus the entire season is up but we are gonna be taking it in chunks so if you guys want to go know our thoughts on that it's up there it's out there go check them out go stephanie comics you're 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 a big comic book fan you've read a ton of them you've written them you've worked on a whole bunch of them you've i I believe you've won awards for for some that you've worked on and 
stuff like that. You you've recently put out uh, a number of graphic no 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 novels. Uh, you have you you have oh my god gods, which I know you're currently working on a sequel for that one. And recently, you also put out Paranorthern, which is perfect for the spooky season that's happening right now. Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, I should like get them down. I could do like what? Oh, that are casually here. Indeed, indeed. They really are so, on the shelf above this, but like <laughs> also good for a shameless plug. Tell us a bit about these. Both of these. Let's start with uh with uh, oh my gods. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> oh this uh, so <laughs> oh my gods is the first in a series of original graphic novels written by me and Indra Fitzpatrick. Um, with art by Juliana Moon and colors by Whitney Coger, who you might know from Giant Days, who did the colors for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the idea is this girl from New Jersey, her mom gets a great new job and has to go take it. She wants her mom to pursue her dreams, but that means she has to go live with her dad for a little bit, who hasn't exactly been absentee, but she doesn't really have a strong relationship with him. So she heads off to go live with him in Greece. And winds up in Mount Olympus. And she thinks it is kind of just like a namesake. Like, she doesn't think it's the Mount Olympus. Uh, and like the name of the she, community that they, they, the name of the neighborhood, exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and she quickly realizes that is, like, not the case. And um, her new junior high is filled with gods and goddesses. So... She has to quickly adjust to this, and to make matters worse, somebody in the school is now turning people to stone, and suspicion falls on Karen because she's new. So with her <laughs> friends, she has to team up to clear her name and set the record straight. So it's oh. a middle grade graphic novel, came out in January, and a sequel comes out to it in April next year. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's called The Forgotten Maze. Forgotten Maze. Interesting. Good stuff. Love a maze. Um, go ahead. Were you about to. No, that was it. That was the oh, entire okay. statement. I love a maze. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, so. Where did you get the idea for this book? What about the like Greek mythology spoke to you? And like, that's, that's the pantheon for me. Yeah, I've been, I think that like a lot of young people get really drawn into Greek mythology and it's just like this cool thing that feels adult, you know, like it's like for adults, but then there's like monsters and like people with powers and all this like really cool stuff that appeals to that younger audience. So I think a lot of young people find their way to kind of reading, reading up through something like Greek mythology, and they get really like roped into the world and the lore. And it's just really neat. And as somebody who went to Catholic school for a long time, when you compare that religion to like Greek mythology, the one seems a lot cooler than the other. No offense. (laughs) No offense. You know, like, you just they're just like, wow, I have to read the Bible, but like they have this though, you know? <laughs> and like 
no shade to the Bible. Uh, but yeah, I just like was really enamored with Greek mythology from like a really early time in my life. And cool. um, I, yeah, I connected with Insha years ago now. And somewhere along the way, we started kind of just like spitballing ideas. Like we did not set out to write a graphic novel together, like even remotely. We just kind of were having a normal conversation. And the idea kind of sprang to life and we just started writing everything down and we knew there was like something there. We both really loved what we were forming, even though we didn't really have a plan for it at the time. And we just kind of couldn't leave it alone. We kept coming back to it. And I'm really like, I really like making characters and story stuff too. But like Incha is like the character queen. You know, like she's like making Pinterest boards and like mood boards and oh, that's these like Spotify playlists. And Ooh. the characters just kind of like started to feel like alive to us, I think. And, you know, it just became this project that we wanted to see through. And yeah, it's that's awesome. Really, really wild. Now you're working on a sequel. Did you have kind of in mind how how many of, of these you want to do, or is it just like, hey, we 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 can as long as we can keep coming up with stories, we'll keep churning them out. Yeah, I think this is like we don't really have a set number of stories that we necessarily want to do for this, like. There's definitely, we have a Google Doc that has just kind of a bajillion different concepts and characters we want to explore and things that we want to do with the world and that we haven't gotten to do yet. So I think it's a matter of just kind of carrying on and kind of filling in those stories until it feels complete to us. And hopefully maybe that's never, you know, there's like so much to play with and like, these graphic novels, you know, like it's like 200 pages. Yeah. <laughs> like looking at it. Um, and like realistically, that's not a ton of room to tell a big story, especially sure. when you're kind of doing like four to five panels per page, you know, like for middle grade, it's a lot smaller of a panel count than like kind of more traditional comics. Uh, so there's still like you you have pretty short stories that you're telling here so we're not exploring a ton of the characterization in one book and i think to kind of fill those out more we would need more and that our publisher should definitely get more for us (laughs) and we will keep writing them until sounds like a great idea to me you're that publisher (laughs) sounds real good (laughs) money who we hope money come on (laughs) right we had like it's really sweet though you know i didn't ever think that it was going to kind of write middle grade like when we first kind of pitched this and paranorthern too we pitched them as ya because we kind of were thinking oh like a teen audience that would be fun and our publisher in both instances was like what if we aged them down to middle grade and i was like yeah that would be fun yeah and it's such a good fit that, and it bums me out that I didn't think to do that kind of originally for them. It's such a fun age range to write for. You can have 
tons of leeway with bad jokes and puns and <laughs> all that stuff. And the you know your editor will actually be like, "Can we add more puns in? Can we add this in?" And um, and, and it's just knowing a- you from from all the podcasts that I've I've heard you on that 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 that, that is music to your ears. Like, yes, I can yes. do more puns. <laughs> oh my gosh! Again, I keep bringing up like the talking comics people now that I know you know who they are. But Bobby's <laughs> birthday text to me was "Happy birthday" from the only person I will even remotely tolerate puns from. So oh. like. <laughs> I just, I love it. And my editor just, our editor too, she's, she worked with me on Paranorthern as well, which, but anyways, our editor just really got the stories and it's just like more jokes, more this. And it brings me a lot of joy. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Stuff. Did, did, did you have a, did did, did you have an example of, uh, like how maybe those mood words or those playlists, uh, that inch, inch, insha is how you, insha, yeah, that, yeah, that they made that then inspired you to change something or be like, oh, like now that connects with this thing. And you have some example of, that how you guys inspired one and the other um i'm not too sure like again insha like has it in her head when she has like a character and she really builds them up and you know sometimes we'd go back and forth where i'm just like oh i don't know if that's like something or i would something and she'd be like i don't know if that's really kind of sure you know on point and we built the characters but then you know like how our collaborative process worked like we built the outline of the story together once we had that foundation in place and then uh we did the outline really heavily and kind of built the skeleton of the story together and it's like us basically like all caps locks like being like just like really excited about everything and then adding in really like silly kind of like quotes we're just like oh they have to say this or they have to say this and once we had that I just, again, have no chill. So I wrote the script really loosely and put in like placeholder dialogue. But then Incha would go in and be like, you know, this is like cool, but I don't envision the character being like this. I think this should be like this or like some of the dialogue should be more like this. This feels more unique to like this character. So that was like really, I think, I think Incha would have more examples of that than I think I would because like she would see certain things with like the dialogue or whatever and be like that doesn't feel very tina that feels like dita that feels like so and so and tina's athena dita's aphrodite mm. um and so we gotcha. kind of modernized the characters a bit and obviously had to age them down uh, so it's kind of just like finding a balance between having both of our voices there but then letting them be embody the characters that we created originally you know like it's if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes sense (laughs) sense but like i think a lot of like the mood boards come into place because again we have like a group chat with like juliana because we brought her onto the team before we pitched it and we just have like have a chat where it's just like again all of us just screaming at each other excited (laughs) but like all in caps locks and, you know, like, Juliana will be like, oh, I don't know what to do for this character. And Incha's like, one sec, hold, please. And then we'll go in and, like, build all of these things to be like, does this Spotify playlist help you? Does this help you? Does this? And Juliana will be like, yes. 
And so I really think like Inch is kind of the architect that fleshed out the characters the most, you know, like we built this character, these characters together and Juliana would be like, can we add this person in? Can we add this? And Ju- like, Inch would be like, yes, you know, like just, we're all just maniacal mad scientists with <laughs> this sandbox and it's just like a lot of fun to play around with them and awesome. to collaborate in such a fun way. Yeah. I, I, Melissa, you're, you're a big fan of playlists as, as well. And you've, you've made some for, yes. for stuff that we've done here at the whatnots and you surprised me at them and some like stuff like that can just be like the coolest thing to like really get like okay this is that character's attitude mm-hmm. or this is how they view the world or or or, st- or stuff like that it's it's super neat to have that 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 stuff be at 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 least in your minds when when you're making that that book i'm not sure if you guys put out like hey here's our pinterest of all of the the stuff that's out there Ooh. you guys can go look at it there um but, we have yeah. kind of but like we had like an instagram where we were very like posting about it a lot when the book was released and kind of leading up to it and we've neglected it a bit but (laughs) what's still there we did like start to share yeah to to, to go check it out so we will add more we just haven't had like a lot to kind of contribute and we haven't been able to share much of like the next book yet and that sort of thing but it'll happen (laughs) that's a-okay uh paranorthern Spooky season. Tell us a little bit about this book, because yeah, I've, I've, from what I've heard, this book is uh, pretty ridiculous, and it sounds amazing. I love it. Um, (laughs) so it's technically called Paranorthern and the Chaos Bunny A Hopcalypse, and (laughs) up front, my favorite fact about this book is that the publisher full-on had a conference meeting on how to best put a pun in the title. Like, they had a sit-down meeting with people, and they were just like, all right, people, let's figure this out. And I don't know if that's (laughs) what happened exactly, but, like, in my mind, there's a whiteboard, there's, like, a laser pointer, there's people sitting around a conference table, and people are like, puns, let's go. And um, (laughs) that just brings me like a lot of joy. Like it brings me so much joy. So uh, that tells you nothing and everything about this book. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good trivia fact. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I maybe could have saved that for after I explained it. But uh, so basically the story is about uh, four friends and this is Abby she accidentally opens up a portal to another dimension and it is filled with chaos bunnies. Uh, The chaos bunnies come flooding into their world and begin wreaking havoc. They're kind of like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Like they're not inherently Mm. evil, but they destroy everything around them. So Abby thinks she's going to get in all this trouble because she's opened this illegal portal. So her and her friends team up to try and help her close this portal and send the bunnies from back, back from whence they came and stop the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Sounds, so, so, it reminds me a lot of, what was that? Um, I'm blanking on the name now. It was like the, the, the vampire bunny that like binocular. Yeah. 
there reminds me a little bit of 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 that that there is this bunny or bunnies out there that that is just mm-hmm. causing problems and it's just like well mm-hmm. we gotta yeah. figure out what to do with these guys they like completely destroy the world but it has like its own like page where i'm sure it's like backwards but they have like a little write-up in abby's bestiary Ooh. and um yeah they've got some sharp teeth and yeah oh there you go so i think they're kind of like <clears throat> oh sorry go ahead Oh, go, go, go ahead. Finish your, your thought. Oh, I was just going to say, I think they came from, like, again, my like my parents didn't really watch, let me watch a lot of, like, movies and TV growing up. But there were, like, a few specific things that my parents would let me watch. Like, we watched TGIF. We watched Sabrina and Boy Meets World and Teen Witch. And all this stuff. Were, uh, not Teen Witch. Uh, teen Angel. All of these things. I'm, like... Yeah aging myself so specifically but um you know and they would watch we'd watch like disney on sundays but then my dad would also then be like we're gonna watch like things like Wee's playhouse and we're gonna watch monty python and like all of these like really strange things that just shaped me in such a strange way and i think i was really delighted by the killer rabbit from monty python and the holy grail yes it's a good one and (laughs) And I think it stuck with me. You can't see it because it's behind my plant, but there's like a little Funko. And like, I have very specific niche Funkos. Like I have like a few around, but there's like definitely the Tim the Enchanter and the little bunny behind nice. the plant yeah. there. <laughs> so I think that's like kind of like my ode to the Holy Grail. And then again, marrying it with like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And it's just awesome. kind of a melding of things. Yeah. So I. Being a a graphic novel for younger kids, how like what is the the spooky factor on on this, mm-hmm. this book? Yeah, I don't think it's like super spooky. Like I think again, the bunnies aren't really scary. There's not like a ton of like. There's one I think scene where the bunny kind of jumps at our little pumpkin head friend Silas, um, but realistically. I don't think it's like like jump horror vibes or anything, you know? It's not like meant to kind of scare kids. It's meant to kind of more embody the essence of Halloween and like the fall mm-hmm. and have kind of that sense of like, you know, things that go bump in the night without kind of actively setting out to scare kids, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's more kind of what I was going for. Like, I definitely didn't set out to write a horror book. I'm like a huge wimp. You know, I was on like a horror <laughs> podcast last year, right? And like, I was on this horror podcast like last year and they were like, wow, you wrote like a horror book. I'm like, did I? <laughs> As these like and, adorable bunnies that like are mischievous. <laughs> yeah. And like, I like horror. I like the idea of horror. But like, again, my parents did not make me watch enough media to desensitize me. I am scared of everything. So to me, I love fall. I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I love kind of the spooky vibes, but not like being scared out of my mind. Right. So yeah, again, like I just, I wanted to capture that rather than yeah. terrifying and traumatizing children. <laughs> Abs, abs, yeah, absolutely I, yeah 
I looked over this book. I love that it's about a witch and her friends are a wolf girl and a ghost, like real classic Halloween characters. And then also, like you said, a pumpkin head. And we've all seen pumpkins around. We see kids with like pumpkin masks on and whatever. I love that pumpkin head is just written down as the name of the entity that that is. We all know pumpkin head. We all love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like a big activist in his community. He's oh. Abby and her mom own um, a cafe. And um, he, in a very early scene, comes in and has some very strong opinions on pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> so um, he's not happy and would like everybody to consider going pumpkin spice free for the holidays, even though me, myself, in the real world does enjoy pumpkin spice lattes mm-hmm. and sorry, Silas. <laughs> but, yeah. Stuff. So what, what was one of the most difficult things that you had to uh, go through? What was the, what kind of the most challenging obstacles of making Paranorthern? Yeah. So even though Oh My Gods came out first, um, Paranorthern was actually the book that I sold first. Oh, uh, so it, yeah, it's publishing is funny and uh, it's the same publisher, the same editors, the same entirety of everything except for the creative teams. Sometimes it just um, works like that, you know? Yeah. And no complaints. I, it is what it is. And I love all of my book children equally, but Paranorther was actually sold first. So I think kind of, you know, prior to that, I'd only really worked on longer projects for myself. And most of my published work had been short stories, uh, which I am a big, big advocate of if you want to kind of do comics or any kind of storytelling. I think starting small is a great way to kind of find your voice, figure out what you want to do, what things you enjoy, and kind of go from there. So Paranorthern was the first time somebody was like, great, we want it, make it. And so it's a little bit daunting to kind of go from you know, 10 page short stories to then writing like 200, 250 pages and make sure that it all kind of is cohesive. And I think the part that I didn't really understand that I would struggle with, uh, especially like the writing, I outline really heavily. So I already have kind of a structure in mind to kind of keep me going and to keep me on track. Because again, kids, ADHD is not for your friends (laughs) sometimes. Um, But editing, and specifically when I got notes, I didn't know how daunting that would be to implement in a long-form project. I think it took me significantly longer, even just like on the first draft of... The first draft is always going to be the worst. And the notes are so extensive. And... Like it's like a week first of like rocking yourself back and forth and like trying to process <laughs> everything and not like feel like you're about to be like catatonic and you don't know how you're going to kind of recover. But then you're like, oh, okay, these make sense. This, this, this is a good note. Why didn't I think of this? But it's still you have to implement it. And if you take one thing out, it has like an effect throughout the book, and you have right, to think yeah. about all of those different points that change and make changes that work. You can't just like, you know, control F and find all instance of this character that doesn't work anymore and take it out. Mm -hmm. Like the story needs to completely readjust to like 
we we took a character out of the book. And so like, you know, my editor was like, why would you make this whole other character when you have Abby's sister, like use Abby's sister to kind of be yeah. in this role. And it's like, oh, that is a very good note. Uh, <laughs> but you, again, have to kind of think about how that's going to affect the rest of the book. So yeah. I think editing was really the big thing that I struggled with to kind of process and break it down. And I had to learn how to kind of like make it so I could process and cope in an effective way. Cause you still have deadlines you have to meet. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the, the, the whole process is something that I'm really fascinated by as, 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 as someone who went to, to art school and stuff like that, just to, to know all of the work that goes into any kind of creative piece is it, there's there's just so much you don't think about or, or don't know unless you worked on it yourself and yeah there are some some things in that can can be as simple as like well what if we just don't have this character and and then it's like oh man that means we need to like change this and we need to fix that thing but then they do this now we can't do that and it's just like whoa there's a lot of stuff here that is a is affected yeah, it's so. really wild. Like it's again, I put in a joke that was like funny to me, and like this character existed as a thing that I was tickled with and found very funny because <laughs> it was like an homage to another character, and I was like, oh, "This is clever." And my editor was like, "Yeah, we need to get rid of this," but like nicely, she's a wonderful editor. I would take a bullet for her. Yeah, but like <laughs> you know. I was just like, I don't want to kill this character, though. And you're not really killing them, but like, you know, they're effectively going into non-existence, which is maybe worse, actually, now that I put it that way. But <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around it. And if you're working, wanting to do something creative, and especially if you are not self-publishing, you really need to kind of make a piece early on with the fact that you're going to have to let go of things and mm -hmm. you're going to have to move on from some ideas that just don't work. You know, like editors, what they're saying isn't the be all and end all. Like ultimately you can push back on something and be like, you know what, I'm going to keep this. But if they're flagging something, it's because it doesn't work and you need to kind of figure out a way to kind of process that and separate yeah. It from the story you originally had in your head, you know, like both Paranorthern and Oh My Gods are infinitely better than when they went to our publisher and the stories have changed, not drastically, like the core of the stories for both are there, but they evolved enough to kind of make sense and to be better stories. And that's because, you know, our editor had notes. And I think we were good about listening to them, you know, like no story is going to be perfect. And you kind of also have to make peace with that too. Yeah. And not everyone is going to get your story. Another thing you have to make peace with. Um, but why is he a know, pumpkin a head? What's a pumpkin uh, head? You, you, you I, never explained what a pumpkin <laughs> head is. <laughs> I swear. I have like two things. I, I don't Google search like things often. I did like one because I was looking up like things for pole quote specifically. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and I came across Christian mommy blogs 
that had like reviewed both Oh My Gods and Paranorthern. And like one of them was like, Paranorthern might be good. I don't know, but I didn't read like one third of the or two thirds of the book because there was magic in it and magic is the devil's playground. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. And then, oh my God, like they were real mad because we used the Lord's name in vain a bunch but i was right, like but it's right, like yeah. in greek mythology but different pantheon here. that was more funny than like annoying but like yeah sometimes it's like hard i only kind of like look at reviews that my editor or my agent send me now sure because like if you go on like a place like goodreads which is like not made for authors it's made for readers to connect with readers uh you will not be a happy person as an author oh. you know like I remember like looking at this review from like this probably like 45, 50 year old man that's like, uh, and oh my God, the villain is really obvious. And I'm like, Gary, it's not for you. <laughs> like, it's for children. Of course, it was obvious to you. It wasn't made with you in mind. So <laughs> that's it's hard sometimes to not like want to clap back at people who just like don't <laughs> get that some things are not for them you know yeah um that makes sense i mean that makes sense (laughs) i try again not to look for those things anymore i don't want to actively add anxiety to my life yeah i can do that (laughs) without that (laughs) indeed on the opposite end though what was one of the most (laughs) rewarding experiences did 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 did, did you have something from I, I, either of these the, these books that just worked out so perfectly you were just like oh yes i had no idea or just, just it feels so good to have it like work out the way that it did yeah i mean with all my gods again so as a quick like fun fact like insha juliana and i came as a package deal to our publisher so we had already formed a team uh going into that and sure. we knew we wanted to be the creative team. Whitney was brought on by her publisher as our colorist, but our core team was made in advance. With Paranorthern, it was not. So I came in and pitched solo as a writer. They bought the book and then they paired me up with Mari, uh, who they brought on and all that. But that was really done as as an aside. So with Oh My Gods, we were pretty connected to Juliana and Juliana would like periodically update us or like show us character stuff or pages, you know? And so we were always semi-aware of what was going on there. Like we didn't ever bug her, but whenever she wanted to share, we were there to be like, you are a beautiful angel and we love you. (laughs) You know, like we are team moral support. And, um, you know, she's got her beautiful dog, Bruce Moon. We love him. He's like our godson. He's just perfect. And he's an angel. Anyways, not the point. But again, with Paranorthern, I wasn't really as connected because Mari was brought on by the publisher. So the editor was our point of contact. So I didn't really talk to them at all. So I think kind of like the best thing about Paranorthern and just kind of in general was getting to see the art for the first time. You know, like this story had lived in my head for so, so long and had just been this thing that I'd envisioned, but, you know, don't have the skills to put it down on paper myself. And getting to see the art with the colors and, like, again, Mari just has, like, this amazing, like, 
like this fall aesthetic. You can see lots of like reds and oranges nice. and, you know, like I swear it was genuinely like magic to me, you know, like getting to see that's awesome. what's been in your head on the page is magic. So I think that's like something that's also just really amazing about comics is you get to see your ideas come together and come to life. And it's really, really special. So I think that is never not like the best part. You know, every single time I get art, like it's just like, I'm going to go cry in a corner happily for a while. I'll be like, wow, this thing exists. So it really is a good feeling. I, I, so I, I have one published comic sort of it was a short story that i did with a friend of mine in college and we submitted it to our our schools like mag it was like our like a the their first like comic focused magazine um and they they had a bunch of student submitted stories and we didn't hear anything for the longest time so we just thought like uh, i guess we weren't picked or like it wasn't in the book but i i had been asking around of like where can i find out more information on this and someone t told me to go to a certain building and i went there and the student that was sitting there at the desk when i was like hey so i submitted to comicality this magazine she had no idea what i was talking about she was just like i don't know anything but as i was talking someone else came out from behind back there in the building and was like did did you just say comicality? I was like, yeah, I submitted some some artwork and stuff like that. And he was like, follow me. Uh, and he was like, what's your name? I was like, it's Kyle Springer. He's like, ah, I got something for you. And then he he takes me in this like back room that is just filled with boxes. And he he opens it up and it's the magazine. And my artwork is on the front cover of this <laughs> thing. And I'm just like... We didn't even know we got in. Like, what in the world? This is like, this is wow. amazing. This looks so cool. Uh, which my artwork well, was not is, all that. What a failure of communication. What a win of artwork and a failure of communication. Yeah. Also, way to like undersell that. First of all, any kind of publishing is published, published work. So like, it's not sort of, it is published. And that's like incredible. So like, Kudos I, to you. I definitely put that on my resume of like, I am a published you comic artist. <laughs> Front cover. It that is, is very snazzy. Absolutely. I am like absolutely. a firm believer in you need to like toot your own horn, especially when it comes to comics or anything creative, really. Because yeah. other people like aren't really going to do it for you. You'll have like friends who will lift you up and support you and stuff. But if you're not like, your number one fan first and foremost like who's going to promote your work and published work self-published work work at a magazine that is all published work in my eyes and in any editor work there like salt that is published work so yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely um so my next question is what's next what, what 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 i know you're working on a sequel to oh my gods do you have other things in in the works that you're 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 hoping to make is there stuff that you can talk about or mention yes okay so 
hopefully in like the next little while, I'll have a big thing I can talk about soon. Which may or may not be slightly related to things we've talked about. But um, the the one that is announced that I can talk about is my first YA graphic novel. Sure, yeah. Uh, so it's called Pillow Talk, and it's coming out in 2023 um, from Clarion Books. So my same publisher, uh, but we're doing a YA book. And um, Pillow Talk sounds really suggestive, but it's like about an underground pillow fight league. And, uh, yeah, I am never not extremely on brand. So, um, <laughs> and while the story is fictionalized and the character is a fictional being in creation, it is very much based on a true story of one time when I accidentally got roped into an underground pillow fight league fight for the BBC. Amazing. Yeah. So that, and that has to be a great story. I cannot wait. I can tell you the story if you would like to hear it. Yes. But like, yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> Pillow Talk itself again follows the story of a woman named Grace who finds this league and has like low self confidence and basically uses this league to kind of realize that she has a place in the world and like just kind of like go ham with something kind of like in the wrestling, but sure. like with pillows. And mm. so the Pillow Fight League is a thing that for real existed in Toronto until not that long ago. And there were straight up matches and it is not like, hee hee, we're going to like hit each other with pillows and it's going to be cute or pajamas. It's like roller derby meets like wrestling, but with pillows. Like I That's saw somebody chokehold somebody with a pillow and then straddle the guy until he tapped out. So <laughs> several years Wild. ago, my friend was the president of this league and they were like, Steph, the BBC is coming to film this segment and they'd like us to do revive the pillow fight league. Will you be a fighter? And I was like, yeah, sure. And like, I did How no research. Be, I right? asked, yeah. I asked no questions. This friend I felt would not put me in peril. <laughs> so I did no research at all. And um, like the day before, I was like, okay, we're going to like Google this a little bit. And uh, again, I saw the, the only rule realistically is anything goes, but the pillow has to be the first point of contact. So you could technically punch somebody or kick somebody as long as it's through the pillow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, again, I show up. I'd watched all these videos. I was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? And then there was, like, the reigning champion there who was named, like, Carmen Monoxide. <laughs> and she gave us like Great. pep talk and like was too. like teaching us things yeah they had derby names Amazing. and um basically she gave us like an intro course like there and i was like oh please i don't drink now but that day mm. i drank like i was like i'm gonna need some beverages to get me through <laughs> this thank you and um so we had this little tutorial i guess and then you got like put into these matches and um the first match was relatively fine 
And then the second match, though, was still mostly fine, but I rolled my ankle while I was fighting. And I still finished the match. Good for you. You know, adrenaline. Sticking it out. Yeah. But then I was like, afterwards, like, oh, no, did I break my ankle? And so I had to give like a little interview. They're like, Steph, so if you make the tryouts and they were kind of like framing it like this is like the tryouts. The Pillow Fight League is being brought back into the mix. These are our contestants. I'm like, are you going to like join the league if you get this coveted position? And I was like, no, I never want to do this again. Do not ask me to do this. (laughs) They're like, you know, and then I had to go to the hospital. (laughs) And oh, no. I didn't initially go because I was like, I'm fine. But then it was like, not fine. So I went and then had to explain to the hospital how I thought I broke my ankle and tell oh, them the about the pillow fight. fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I, think uh... like, I think the words I used, I was like, I'm going to do an extreme pillow fight league. And like, the first woman was like, Mm-hmm. Okay, but then like the main guy, the main nurse I had was a guy. And he was like, "That's awesome!" Like he was so into it. Uh, and I didn't wind up breaking my ankle, but uh, like it was like probably a couple years afterwards. And I was jokingly like, "I should write a story about like this pillow fight league and create like a fictional league and like all this stuff." Yeah. And I just kept working at it and all of a sudden it was like a full story and my agent was like yeah let's shop this around and it's like nobody's gonna want this niche weird book and turns out my editor was like a huge wrestling fan and like was like we love this that's perfect um, yeah so very different from my experience but based around the same good good inspiration wow yeah. So, so I I kind of uh, uh shamedly watch Riverdale. I love it, but it's I. hot garbage. Uh, but they 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 had their their own like underground like tickling. Oh it, yeah, it, it, was, it was it was maybe oh. more like of a fetish thing, kind of. But it, yeah. it was still <laughs> ju- ju- it was still ju- just like this is so ridiculous. I can't stop watching. This is amazing. <laughs> Riverdale is like this beautiful mess and like I kind of watch it when I'm like drawing or like doodling so it's in the background because like if I watch it too closely I'm just like what am I doing with my life (laughs) it's just complete junk (laughs) yeah and then like uh, again my friend Hagai like he's very into this and is just like it is the perfect show Stephanie it is literally perfect and I'm like but is it but anyways uh a guy if you're somehow listening around or watching this <laughs> but uh it's just like they, they did that jump ahead to the future like to the adulthood mm-hmm. i don't know if you've watched that far into it I, I, i've only I think watched I'm a like the behind. first half okay there's just like there's this war montage and they're like Ooh. oh she's gone to war and i'm like what like it's just <laughs> What? What? But they're on a football field, like they're on the Riverdale football field, and like so I'm like, wild. but I know where ridiculous. what. Yeah, and then it's like trying to explain it is like trying to explain one season is like my 
best friend's mom trying to explain 40 years of the young and the restless to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like somehow more ridiculous. I don't understand how, but it is. It's 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 entertaining though. Like like I I don't think you can go like I I don't think anyone who watches that show can walk away and be like the show is boring. It's just, like yeah. it's so yeah. ridiculous and so moody and atmospheric that just like it's at least you you at least have fun like making fun yeah. of it or being amazed There's... at the, the the stupid stuff that they do. <laughs> I remember there was like an episode and my partner came over and I was like in the middle of an episode. So I was like, I'm going to finish this. Okay. And it was like this perfect storm of like all the seasons. Cause it was like Betty was going to visit her serial killer father in prison, but yep. then the cult was also happening and Chad Michael Murray was there. And he was like, well, why is Chad Michael Murray in this? I'm like, Oh, he's the cult leader. And he's like a cult leader. Why is she going wow. to visit this guy in prison? I'm like, Oh, he's a serial serial killer. That's her dad. And, uh, and then the other thing, the Gargoyle King showed up and they're like, he's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, there's like a deranged, like Dungeons and Dragons thing happening right now. And um, that's the drug dealer that's selling giggle rocks and like all this stuff. And he's like, I cannot. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, just a fever dream. Yeah. Like the, and the, the, I'm the like, first, I know what it sounds like. I know how to explain this. Is- drug that they had on that show its name was Jingle Jangle. Yes! That's the name that they came up with. Amazing. Hold on. The first drug? They've moved on to Mm -hmm. additional drugs? Like like Stephanie said, Giggle Rocks. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's like real interesting. You know, like, I know what it is. And I enjoy it again. I can't watch it too intensely, or I'm just like I have a headache. Yeah. But oh, there's just so much going on, and I just constantly ask, who came up with this? Like, who sat in a writer's room and like very seriously came up with these concepts? Like, did they just go, all right, all of these are too normal? Like, no. Like, well, somehow, I, I, I don't remember his full name, but the g- g- guy that also writes Afterlife with Archie, mm. he's yeah. working on the show. So somehow he convinced yeah. people to go along with Jingle Jangle and Giggle Rocks and a magical D&D game and serial killers and stuff like that. Great. And then like Jughead's in like a private school with serial killers and there's like a secret cult. Yep. Or like um not a secret cult. There's like what's the what are the like a frat? Like I can't think of the word secret society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got there eventually. Uh but like ugh. there's just in any episode, there is so much happening and what I wouldn't give to see what drugs everybody in that writer's room is on. <laughs> and what were the names that, that got, like, rejected? As like, no, that one sounds normal. Right. Like, we're, we're not going <laughs> to do that one. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, they, I feel like we're like, well, the show will eventually jump the shark 
anyways, as will happen. So what if we just do that right now and save everybody the trouble of being like, yes. when is Riverdale going to go off the rails? Like, we're just going to lead one. with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. And, like, the first season is like towing the line of like normal. It's like, but what if Twin Peaks, but Riverdale? Yeah. But, oh, it's just so next level. <laughs> it's a good time though uh but i have one last question for you before we let you go um b- besides comics is there some other kind of medium that you would one day hope to work in whether it's film or tv or m- musicals or something like that <laughs> i mean yes all of those to be honest <laughs> Uh, I wrote a radio play like years ago, which was a ton of fun called, yeah, the five people you meet in hell. And it's like the five people you meet in heaven. But if it starred like Seth Rogen or something, (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to keep that in mind for the review show. Yeah, Yeah, it's very strange, but we we didn't just like want to do this podcast. We did it in front of a live studio audience, too. Oh, nice. For like an added. Sense, but anyways, my point being is, I really do like dabbling in different things. And you've mentioned musicals, and I want to write Pacific Rim the musical so badly. Let me write this. Yes, like, it's all I want in this world. Guillermo del Toro be- lives close by to me, and like there is not a day that That'd goes by incredible. that I'm not like, what if I casually just walk in this area and casually run into him, and I'm casually like, let me write your musical. Uh, Guillermo? Is anyone named Guillermo here? Anyone? No? Yeah. <laughs> right? I just, I would love to do like a musical someday. Me and the, um, my friend who did The Five People You Meet and How, we started kind of writing a musical together. And then we both, again, have ADHD and got sidetracked. But I'd love to do like TV someday. TV and movies are so much more structured than comics. And I've tried kind of dabbling in writing episodes for them. But like comics has no set script structure. So it's just kind Mm. of a free for all. As long as you're kind of being courteous to your artist, your letterer, like everybody on the team, nobody really cares. As long as you guys know Um, how to work together, then. Yes. It'll get made. And to be fair, that makes my script sound like they're a mess. I swear there's structure to them. But screenplay writing and movies it's just like a lot more structured and would require me to have to like learn and like go in and like properly format things um so those are things i really do want to play with at some point it's just like when do i have the time but pacific rim the musical I know you're 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 a big Pacific Rim fan too. We we covered yes. that I believe this year or was it late last year? Oh, I think it was sometime earlier this year. I think it was in the spring. We've got a little Yeager gypsy danger right here. Oh, I I see her. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Pacific Rim a lot, and um, that was it's that great. was another one that uh we didn't do it for shame timber but melissa made me watch that one because i'm a, i'm big in in to like gundams and mechs and stuff and i hadn't seen it and she was just like kyle Shocking. like how why yeah, right. why is it because you keep you keep pitching me like gundams and i'm like kyle there's <laughs> room for like one, one mecha day, story in my heart one only it's just pacific rim 
Let's just do this. <laughs> Ugh, it's so good. And I remember seeing it in theaters and a friend of mine had gotten us like advanced screener tickets. So it was like this IMAX theater. Mm. And I just remember not, I wanted to see it, but like, I didn't really know what to expect. I really thought it was just going to be like this beautiful mess. Mm. And we had like the 3D glasses on and everything. And I remember just like, I genuinely went. Whoa. And like my mouth was like <laughs> agape for like the entirety of the movie. Like every single time I thought my jaw couldn't drop further. I was just like, I love this whole movie. Like it was just. And again, I brought this up like 15 times, but ADHD. So like I can't always sit through movies like a lot or like in theaters for like long periods of time and i went back and saw this a ridiculous number of times and was just like give me the movie uh i want a cherno alpha comic i want to write yes. that so badly i want that there is like fun. one that That'd exists out in the world on like tumblr which is very fun but <laughs> <sighs> yeah i could talk about this forever <laughs> mm -hmm. nope. Well, it's they should do like a Fast day. and the Furious and then a Pacific Rim mashup and they like Voltron oh the cars God. into yes. a giant mech. Yeah. Copyright. That's got to be the next idea, stage. Everybody. Like, I think they've been to space. I think they've the only steps space. left are like they go underwater or like deep underground to meet mole people or like they or alternate the dimensions. Still... Yeah. Just like a Vin Diesel with a goatee. <laughs> dark it's tom, evil vin Omega diesel <laughs> yeah, just stick those cars so together form of voltron make ludicrous build that i need this in my life so very badly and then they fight monsters or a giant robot that somebody builds like charlie's theron yes so, there you go just there saying <laughs> Melissa, maybe one day we can get you a a bit part in in Stephanie's uh, Pacific Rim the musical. Absolutely, I will play panicked citizen on the streets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. A little kid did write me a letter like earlier this year, and it like made me cry. But it was like this really cute letter about how much she loved. Oh my gods! And then there was three PSs, and the second PS was like PPS. Can you make Oh My Gods into a movie? And can I be in it? And I was like, what a flex. Amazing. I love this kid. <laughs> like, you assume I have a lot more power than I do, but sure. Uh, Dream big, so yeah. kid. Dream big. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love Indeed. it. To her, to you, everyone can have a part. You can have a part. You can have a part. You know, <laughs> it'll be great. Indeed. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight on the Captain's Log. This has been a blast uh, to, to get yes. to hear about all of the stuff that you do. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I indeed. talk so much. So <laughs> you, you can come back on here as much as you want and talk as yeah. much as you want. We will gladly have you back on. Oh, my God. So. Literally anytime I... Do nothing, and I am available <laughs> to say things. Okay, good. Sounds good. Uh, well, with that, that that being said, where can people find you on the internet? Where can they buy your books? Where where can they find all of that stuff? 
Yeah. So I think obviously a safe bet is my website, which is stephaniecook.ca. Cook has an E on it. Um, and then I'm online. I'm terminally online all the time. Uh, I'm at Hello Cookie on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to check out the Capercast, it's capercast.com. There you go. Good stuff. And Melissa, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. And if you guys want to stay up to date with me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. If you guys want to follow all of the things that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Uh, but that about wraps us up for number 162 of The Whatnots Captain's Log. So thanks once again to Stephanie. This has been a thank blast. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank indeed. You. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.